0: Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch. Uh, For any of those times, but also want to encourage you to be with us in person, 830 Central Time at exit 124 right there at White Mills in the Eastview exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 1030. Also our Wednesday night services at 633. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message, just uh, in this time of encouragement, finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless.
1: Seventeen and verse 17. If you're able to stand and would like, you can stand with me for the reading of God's word. I'll just start at 17. How many of y'all thankful for God's word? I know it's hard to clap with your Bible in your hand if you're reading it off your, your phone. You're throwing your phone everywhere. but I'm thankful for the word. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house. i repeat that. The mistress of the house fell sick and his sickness was so sore, so bad, that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, what have I have to do with thee, O man of God? Question mark. Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? He said unto her, Give me thy son. Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and, and carried him up into the loft or up in the upstairs and where he abode. And he stayed and he laid him upon his bed. And he cried unto the Lord and he said, O Lord, my God. Hast thou also brought evil upon this widow with whom I sojourn? And he's basically saying, Lord, I'm staying here. What's going on? By slaying her son, and he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord. And said, "Oh Lord, my God. I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard. And the Lord heard. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. And the soul of the child came into him again. And he revived. And the woman said unto Elijah, Now by this I know. Now by this I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. Lord, today I'm so humbled even to not just be able to read it, but to speak it and let your precious word, God, cross these these lips of clay. I pray today, God, that it would reach further than I could even imagine, declaring today, God, that your word will not return void. That God, today, let your word have dominion over any prince or power of the air, God, over any assignment of the devil. Let your word, God, have victory over what's below me, what's before me, and what's above me. That, oh, God, we declare your word today, so let it go forth with your power, not mine. It would be so futile. But let your word go forth and let it accomplish that that it was sent to do. And I believe your word today will be sent, God, not only to save but to bring an assignment. I believe today, God, in the power of your word. It has the power to save sinners and make demons flee. I believe today, God, that it's more than what I back up. It's what you've backed up. It's backed up by the blood and by the power of the Holy Ghost. Do what you do, Lord. I ask you today, Father, that every soul in this house would be attended to. God, I pray today that you overcome whatever is pushing back for that one to come. In the name of Jesus, we're just going to go ahead and say it. The devil is defeated. And God, there'll be a clear path of deliverance today for those that need it. God, not only beckon the soul, but bring reckoning to the soul. Let us see that our days are short, but eternity is long. Holy Ghost convict do what you do in Jesus name and everybody said hallelujah before you sit down turn to some, somebody and say mama ain't what we thought think most would agree that the very breath of God today is being felt. The very wind of God, the very wind of change and the very wind of challenge is beginning to permeate. And God is beginning to do more than just be blow by. He's beginning to do different things. He's beginning to drive men, if you will, just as the Holy Ghost drove Jesus into the wilderness. I believe that the winds of change are here. I believe that And you as well, I believe we would agree that not just what has happened lately at Asbury and different places, and we've seen mighty moves of God, which I've told you before I question simply because God is always moving. It's people that are the problem. I shared with you a little bit initially, and I've been talking to the Father and been talking about his breath. And he brought me to this piece of scripture and in the old testament of course the prophets were the very voice of God. And if you read Isaiah what you'll find there's one particular passage that says this is that ordain or basically put in place seers or seers that see. Put prophets in place that won't speak to your liking but rather Put those in place that will speak to change, those that will speak not smooth things, but rough things. You see, you can gain a crowd and you can have an effect on culture if you begin to preach everything that is wrong and try to include that it's right. But I will remind you, I've got a barnyard and I know what attracts flies. I'm here today and I simply, if I could title this, it would be that, the mama ain't what we thought. When we pick up in 1 Kings chapter 17, it's somewhere between 800 and 900 B.C. You know Elijah, other than Moses, is probably one of the most recognized in the Old Testament as far as being a prophet from God and God using him as his mouthpiece. You'll notice this is this is one thing that we need men and women of God. Yes, prophets and prophetesses. We need them in this day that they see the very thing here that when Elijah spoke and when he said this, then the word of the Lord came. And if you'll find that and do it on your own study, but you'll find that this man of God was moved when the word of the Lord came, then the word of the Lord came and then God moved upon him and he said, go tell Ahab that it ain't going to rain for three and a half years. And can I tell you, I love the power of the prophet that, listen, when the voice of God moves, he can tell things to stop and they'll stop. That he can say, let there be a drought and there'll be a drought and let there be a rain and there'll be a rain. Now what I want to say is this today is that the spirit is subject to the prophet and I have never seen more self-proclaimed prophets than I have in the past three years. What I'm getting ready to tell you is not going to say well with some of you. But let me tell you what's going on is that there's a lot of wind damage. You say, what's wind damage? Is that a lot of people that are self-proclaimed prophets are speaking words and people are getting caught up in the whirlwind of their word. And before you know it, they're away from God instead of closer to God. And so as prophets speak, when I speak about the breath of a prophet... That some people are so inclined to believe. Can I tell you something? Follow the word of God. Follow the Holy Ghost of God. You don't need to look to me so much for a word. I don't need to look for you to a word. But can I tell you? Let's look to God in these last days for a word. It'll take a word from God to change the culture. Wind damage. What am I seeing? I'm seeing people that are blown over. Not just in the natural right now, but I'm talking about wind damage. And some are susceptible to it. It's happening within the church. Some of you don't know it, but you're prophets. And you're causing some other people wind damage. You speak this over the life and you speak that over your life. Can I tell you something? Let's believe that the Holy Ghost is going to speak into lives and people are going to be changed and transformed. The breath of the prophet. Without saying that, I will tell you this right now, that there are many, if you want to call them prophets in these days, there are many people that are preaching and prophesying as according to the word of God and lives are being changed and families are being put back together and God's plan is being revealed and God's purposes are being shared and the kingdom of God is not getting weaker, but the kingdom of God is getting stronger. Hallelujah and glory be to God. When I said this, when I said... I've looked at this piece of Scripture, and you know it. we got an empty barrel, and the Word of God moves. Then the Word of the Lord came, and it moves Elijah from the brook brook called Cherith. It moves him from there, and he says, You're going to go to a woman, a widow that is there in Zarephath. And you know the story, man. You've heard it preached. So the barrel is empty. The barrel gets full. But can I tell you something? The barrel wasn't the only thing that needed filling. I'm going to show you a piece of scripture as I begin to expound. Please stand in the gap for me today. I want this to be clear. But I've seen something here that I've never seen before. And you probably have, but I haven't. So the barrel's full, man. We've got the oil. The cruise of oil is filled. We've got provision. We've got all of that. But then the woman of the house, the word says this. And it came to pass after these things, the son of the woman. Look what it says, the mistress of the house. You know the story, her son dies. Now, I'm just, I'm just curious enough that when I look at this, I'm one of these that, you know what, and I'm one of these that begins to break it down in my mind. I want to know what happened. I want to know what's going on. And what is God doing? By the way, I guess it's time to quit hiding the hope, ain't it? So when she says this, you find it, and, and then this is really what caught me, Larry. Fell sick, and there was no breath in, left in him. And she says unto Elijah, now remember, he's the prophet that's come by. He's the one that's come. The barrel is full. We got oil. We got pancakes. We got flapjacks. We got, we got it all going on. But she comes to the prophet. And she said unto him, Elijah, what have I done unto you? What have I done unto you? And he said this. She says this. Look, and it says, Oh, thou man of God, question mark, are you come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? That's what really triggered me. And I'm thinking, what is going on? She's looking to the prophet, she said, What have you done? Now have you killed my son? And by the way, the question mark, oh prophet of God, what what have you done now? Now here's what we've got to stop and look at. When you look in this piece of scripture, we're finding that this scripture is ate up or shows us that culture is ate up with idolatry. This is the time of Ahab and Jezebel. The Phoenician culture. Tyre and Sidon and Zarephath was right there in the middle of it and listen you know the piece of scripture if you look back at the end of 16 what you'll find is this is that Ahab has married a Phoenician princess she has married the daughter of Baal and now it's permeating the culture and not only has it went past but can I tell you whatever the rulers accept the people will follow let me help you with that whatever the leaders will accept the people will follow whatever the pastor's So really what's going on, amen, Mike, what's really going on is this, guys. What you're seeing is that she's addressing because she is part of something. Why would she look at the prophet? She begins to blame him. So is it you? And that's what happens when things go wrong. And can I tell you, when people are hurting, they'll blame anything and everything. The word said that there was no breath in him. If I could for just a moment, I'd like to just tarry here and just say that I see many people that are out of breath. I see many people in the church today that are out of breath. You have run and you have run and you have tried to run from God only to find that wherever you go, if you're at the bar, he's there at the bar. Then listen, if you're there and somebody else is, listen, you're dating this one, you're dating that one. Can I tell you, you've tried to run from him. You've tried to do it, but can I tell you, you can keep running as fast as you want. But God is already there before you get there and he's got a plan for your life. You can think that you're running from God, but if he's like a circle, then anywhere you run, you are going to be encapsulated by who he is. I'm praying that the Holy Ghost will move in this house today, starting my own life. Listen, I want to see souls brought back to life. That's where I'm going. So the whole culture, Rick, you know it, you've studied it, many of you have studied it, is permeated with Jezebel. Now, with that Jezebel spirit that we talk about. Why then? I said, "Thought she's really critical. She's really that. And then notice that it just don't say that this boy's mama came. The key for me was when it said, I said, why does it say the son of the woman, the mistress of the house? So this picture before I began to study was about this poor widow woman. She's broke. She's done. They're getting ready to eat their last meal. God comes by. The Word comes by, supplies it. We got a full barrel. Everybody's happy. Hallelujah and glory be to God. But now we got a problem. And what I'm seeing is this in Scripture is the fact that when it says this thing and it calls her the mistress of the house, you study it for yourself. But when you see and you study the word mistress, there's only nine times, three times that it's used in this particular way. And I'll use them. The word mistress is the word Balaw, and it means the daughter of Baal. Now, why wouldn't it call her by name? But it says the mistress of the house. When you look at that, it means this. It means the mistress to a familiar spirit. The mistress to a familiar spirit. When The same word is used in 1 Samuel 28 and 7 when Saul went to the witch at Endor and it said that he sought one that had a familiar spirit. Hang on a minute. Turn to somebody and say, Mom ain't what we thought. Then Samuel said unto his servant, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, Behold, there's a woman that has a familiar spirit in Endor. That's one of them. The other one is, Na- is in Nahum chapter 3 and verse 4. Because of the multitudes of the whoredoms of the well favored harlot, the mistress of the witchcraft or witchcraft that sells nations through her whoredoms and families through her witchcraft. She was a mistress to familiar spirits. How do I know that? And what does that imply? Because he says she says this. Why did you come? Did you come to point out my sin? The answer to that is yes. So what's the depth of it? She is so wrapped up in culture, and the spirit of Jezebel is so wrapped up and entwined, if you will, within that home. Preacher, I need something that's going to work for me. Well, if you study that out, you'll find that Ahab and Jezebel sacrificed babies. You'll find out that it wasn't just babies. It was children. Pastor, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to tell you today that you are living in the midst of a culture. That's the reason we need the breath of the prophets to speak. We need the breath of of people that trust God, believe in God, to stand boldly and once again most assuredly and declare that God is still God and He's still on the throne and you're not. So when he says this and he's beginning to do that, she says, and and there's really the implication, he's found me out. I'm going to make a bold statement here, and I'm going to say this. The very widow that I'm talking about, the very one that I've thought about for years, I thought, man, that's a beautiful picture. Now what I'm finding is this, is that I believe she was a witch. You study it. what she was doing was allowing familiar spirits to come. Somebody says, preach that out brother." Wayne. Can I tell you something? You and I need to declare that the familiar spirits that come through lineage, that come through heritage, that come through things like that. I just hate like my mama hate. I'm just jealous like my daddy was jealous. Can I tell you something? That's a familiar spirit that will run through your bloodline and if you're born again, that bloodline should have stopped. The first Adam should be down. The second Adam should be alive and you should. I don't want nothing like that. She's caught red-handed because what's happened is this and she has enough faith in his God. If you look back that even when this starts in 17 she said, As the Lord thy God liveth. Can I tell you something? Most people will say thy God but that's not their God. Can I tell you? I believe in not just a mighty God I believe in an almighty God that one day every knee every tongue Hallelujah and glory be to God. There's power in this piece in the fact that we need to call it what it is. Today there is so much manipulation within culture and with everything else. Now here's what I'm saying. Well, she's a widow, brother. Wayne, come on, ease up on her. If you study that word or study that out, it means forsaken. It can also mean that the husband is gone and or the wife is gone if you're widowed in that sense. But can I tell you something about a Jezebel spirit? Jezebel will kill what it can't control. Jezebel wants to kill what it can't control. The simpleness of this is this, is that this mighty man is a prophet and not a puppet like Ahab. The real of this is that he is moving. And I want you to notice something here. He goes and he says it, and I think he fully knows what's going on. And he says unto her, with no breath left in him, he said unto Elijah, what have I done, all of those things? And he said unto her, give me thy son. Say, give me thy son. When Hitler put in place, and even the Third Reich, and even that worldly thinking years ago, they said, give me your children. Basically, some of that within that realm said, give me your children, I'll give you your future. Well, let me tell you what's taking place today. It's not Hitler doing it, but the culture is saying, give me your children and I'll give you your future. Now I'm getting ready to preach something to you. Turn to somebody and say, let's take a look under the hood. I meant to have something on the screen. <laughs> what's going on? People say to this, we got a real problem with manhood. Can I tell you something? The problem is not manhood. The problem begins with boyhood. Now you need to hear me. Boys grow into men. But you know what? This is the real part of that when you say that. If there's no boyhood, how can there be a manhood? And what you're seeing culture do and the spirit of Jezebel do is rob these children of the precious identity that God gave them. I don't believe. I never will believe. I believe God made them male and he made them female. I believe that wholeheartedly most assuredly. I believe that. I believe that it's a lie. By the way, I was at the bridge this morning. I'm in 1 John, and the Word said that Jesus Christ was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. I need to tell you today that we are in this house today to declare just like Jesus did and believe that we're going to destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah and glory be to God. I'm telling you, manhood will not be established until boyhood is realized. There's a reason why boys wrestle. This is the real part. I know y'all always jump off track on me. This is not about bullying. This is not about that. There are things that are put on the inside of us that are more than just survive. They are to thrive. That God built you with a purpose. And men, you were built to guard, to protect. You were built by that way. You were built that way. But when Ahab... Gets emasculated by Jezebel. This is what happens. And this is what's going on today in the United States of America. I'm here today to say this. No more in Jesus' name. Let God arise and let every one of his enemies be scattered. Listen, can I tell you something? It won't do a bit of good to fire you up if you won't keep your fire going. What I'm saying is that this right here, the mistress of familiar spirits. She was a daughter of Baal. Brother Wayne, I asked God, I said, Father, why do you send Elijah? Why would you send Elijah to her? Why not? And Scripture alludes to it in the New Testament. Why didn't God send? Why didn't God send them to the women there at Israel? Do you see what this really is? This is a practice run for getting ready for what's getting ready to happen on Mount Carmel. I'll tell you what I believe. I believe that the word of what's going on here, this boy, he's getting ready to be brought back to life. I'm going to preach that in a minute. But I'm going to tell you something. I believe that word got back to Jezebel. What are you saying? I'm saying in Jesus' name, let's let boys be boys and girls be girls, and let's raise them to know the difference. What happens? I'm thinking, where's the father? We know she was widowed. She'll try to kill what she can't control. When there's no father in the house, when there's no husband in the house, then the mistress will say, I'm open to it. What are you hearing now is, well, I'm open. I'm open. I'm open to that. I'm to tell you right now, I'm not open to a lot of this mess. And I will not be open to a lot of this mess. I will be open to discussing it with you, but I will tell you this. Not only is my mind made up, not only is my heart made up, not only is my soul made up, but heaven's already made up. I know what I know, and can I tell you, we do not need to veer from the principles of Almighty God. (laughs) Y'all hang on. Y'all, Look for another seatbelt. Just hang on. All right. What is it? I wrote this down. You can't play or can't endorse, or can't entertain familiar spirits and it not affect your children. When she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, mamas and daddies live out, live out a life in such a way that there's no doubt that your child knows who you serve, that they know the difference whether you're serving the father or you're a fake. A child can stiff out a fake quicker than anybody else. He does this, and he does, he gets to that point, and in this, this. He says, give me thy son. That's where my heart is today. Give me thy son. He takes her away from him. And notice what he does is this is the thing, Todd, and I like it, is that when he does this, he doesn't spend his time so much diagnosing. He knows that the breath has gone out of him, but he takes him and he immediately moves to the loft. Turn to somebody and say, Take him to the upper room. Get him out of the flesh and get him into the spirit. When he takes him to the upper room, and takes it out of Jezebel's hand what do we need to do today can i tell you something this is t- the church has become so fleshy we need a faith-built church we need a church that is built on the principles and the very oracles if you will and the doctrine of an almighty god according to scripture Takes him out, he goes up. And I love the real part of this. Once again, he's not diagnosing. And let me tell you what, the church is full of people that want to always give diagnosis. The church has become more about diagnostics than it has deliverance. Who have I got back here on the screen? If you could write this word, D-I-E. Could you put that on there, D-I-E, which is die, and then a little Mark. And then put agnostic. This is what I'm trying to tell you is this. thank you, by the way, guys. Does anybody know what an agnostic is? It's not an atheist. You know what an agnostic is? They really don't believe in anything. Now, when we begin to address culture today, what you're dealing with within the millennial crowd, and even those that are younger within much of them, listen. I said much of them, but not all of them. Can we thank God that some of them are serving God and on fire for God and it's spreading. Hallelujah and glory be to God. I love millennials. I love that group behind them too, whatever they're called. But what you'll find is this, the fastest growing group of people within Christianity is this group. It's not the Muslim faith. It's not even the Christian faith. But here in the United States of America, it's the nuns. You say, oh, that's Catholic. No, the nuns. They don't believe in anything. You've heard that before. You've heard it said before. Maybe it's even in a song This is this. If you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. If you do not bank the word in your heart, if you do not believe the word in your heart, can I tell you something? That when hell's winds blow, it will knock you down. It will knock you over. I got to get to a task. I'm almost done, believe it or not. Another 45 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What I see going on here is he takes them to a higher level. He removes it from Jezebel, he removes it from the bosom of his mother, removes it from that, takes it to the upper room. We've got to get. Peer, we've got to get people. we've got to believe people. Really, we've got to trust that God will allow His spirit to move in their life. Not in just such a way that structure is just built on that's why we do what we do, but the Holy Ghost of God moving in somebody's life. What is it? When we look at this, he takes him up there. And then this diagnostic thing that I'm talking about, that if you don't believe in him, you will die agnostic. Because I'll tell you this. As soon as you close your eyes in death, it'll become a reality of who you've served and what you've trusted in. It will be that simple. It will be that simple. When I look at this and I see this, he does this, and he has this simple conversation. And he says, he cried unto the Lord and said, Oh Lord my God, what have you also brought evil upon this widow? And with whom I have sojourned by slaying her son. God, did you kill her? Or did you kill him? You know, and, and maybe this is the point I'm trying to make too is the fact that do you have that type of relationship with God? And with the Father, you say, God, what in the world is going on? If you don't, I want to encourage you to have that. And here he is, he's just laid it on the bed. He's saying, God, what have I got going on here? And then a 15-word prayer, a 15-word prayer. And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord, And said, O Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. What I'm marching before my eyes is that Satan is doing everything that he can to not only to rob souls of the joy, but to destroy souls. This is the heart of the Father that I'm going to speak deeper deeper to in just a moment before I close. But this is the thing that when he does this, he makes it clear. And do you notice that God doesn't answer the way that maybe he thought, but it didn't keep him from praying. Let this child's soul come into him again. And the word says, And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul the soul of the child came into him again and he revived what I see is this and to me I see really two separate acts is the fact that not only did he start breathing again but I think this boy is on the path to revival I think really what's beginning to take place here is that this boy is going to go back much different. You say, well, pastor, what about the way that God sees it? What about the way that God views it? Can I tell you, I believe that God allowed it. I'm not saying he killed the son, but will I tell you this. Can I tell you, I begin to wonder. I said, God, there's some that you know what have already graduated to home. And could it be that God was saving them from the culture? That God was doing something that's far beyond what we could think. And this boy revived. I ain't done with Mama yet. When we say Mama ain't what we thought she was, it's deeper than what people think you are. It's deeper than what people say you are. You got to know who you are. When we think of the word mistress, we use it in this term that it's somebody that that maybe is affiliated with and maybe somebody that is there as part of something, but it's not married to it. You know, what I believe has happened to many today is that church or that the Father is no more, that we see that much of that in this, is that we serve as a mistress, if you will, that when we need something, we'll be that, but when we're not, we're not really married to Him. When you're married to the Father, there's a covenant. There's a covenant. And not just that the Bible is a book of obedience. The Bible is a book of love. It's a book of truth. It's deeper.
2: Hmm.
1: He takes him to the upper room. He takes him there. And that breath of God, I believe, as he's praying it, and the Lord heard him, and you see what the Lord did. Pastor, what's the mission? I want to bring life back to the dead souls that I see around us. I want to see revival take place in those that are in a culture and they're stricken by it. When you think about wind and water, you, you think about this, and wind and water are both are an incredible force. Many of you have witnessed that lately, whether that's through flooding, whether it's through wind and the natural. But, Luke, you know this. Electricity will follow the path of least resistance. That's correct, isn't it? Well, I will tell you this. So will wind and so will water. What does that mean to you and I? Is that the wind of God will follow through the path and come through the path of those that are least resistant to it. That when you see God moving in somebody's life, Martina, what we will see is this. It's the fact that they're just simply, God, do what you want to do. Doctrine of men doesn't stand in the way. The pope, the preacher, everybody doesn't stand in the way. There's the path of least resistance. It's the same way with living water. Living water will do the same thing. It will take the path of least resistance. I want to conclude this morning with this. I want to spend time here at the altar in just a moment. But this is this is really where we're at. And when I see this, I'm seeing what I believe is a spiritual father. I said a spiritual father, and, and this is the importance of a spiritual father. Because remember, if there's no sons, there's no fathers, are there? If I could just go back and tag in this point, Amy, is the fact is that, listen, we've already, if there's not boyhood, there can't be manhood. But if there's not manhood, there can't even be any brotherhood. You see, when you begin to break every bit of that down, you can see just how important it is for fathers to raise sons. Fathers to raise sons. You say, I need more than that. After 400 years of silence from the Old Testament to the New, the last words that you'll see in the book of Malachi is that he said this. He said that he will restore the heart of the father or turn the heart of the father back to the sons. That the spirit of Elijah would come. Today, I'm believing for not just the men, but even the women of God to stand and declare that we need to see this spirit of fatherhood and even this spirit of family come back to the church and come all across America again. I'm gonna ask you something. I think you all forget that I raised some teenagers. I think y'all forget that Amy raised some teenagers. <laughs> I'm going to speak a word to you. Just because you raise them in a right home don't mean they're going to do the right thing. Don't you be deceived. There's a reason why they're saying your praises. Now listen to me, young people. This ain't all of you. There probably ain't nobody in this house, okay? But I'll tell you this. If there's conviction in this house, there's probably a reason why people don't come to this house. When the Holy Ghost convicts you, you'll need to change. You'll need to change. As I get ready to close, praise team, come. Praise team, come. As this happens here, and We see this begin to move. The heart of this father is breathing life. And Amy, you know what? We said it, he, 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 if you will, he stretched over him three times. <laughs> I even spoke to the Lord about that. I said, Lord, you know what about it? He said, Well, we got to remove all your doubt, her doubt, and all doubt. I said, Okay. If I could speak something to you this morning, I think it's this. I think what you're seeing around you is culture trying its best to overtake. I need to tell you today that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and even the rulers of darkness, the different things that are being set up in a very dark kingdom. She says this, Elijah took the child brought him down to the chamber, into the house, and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, see, see, your son's alive. And then notice what happens to Mama. Mama says, and the woman said to Elijah, now, say now. Now by this, I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. I don't know what all took place softly for me. I don't know everything that took place, but this has some bearing on what had to take place. There's ever been a time that we need to speak truth? It's now. Pastors, are there some things that unsettle you? Absolutely. But just because I'm unsettled doesn't mean I'm moved in that direction. As I look at this and it opens up, and I'm seeing all of this, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering what happened to the woman. I don't know. I know this. I know that the son, I believe that he, he had another chance. Today, let us see fathers in such a way that will give their children another chance. How many of you believe the heavenly father is going to give you another chance? How many of you has he given you another chance before? I'm so thankful. Then, if he's given you that, why shouldn't we give somebody else that? This affiliation that she had with familiar spirits. Some of you are tied to familiar things. It's time to see that broken, it's time to see that move. Boy, I wish we could cry out to God like that precious baby's crying out for whoever. Because that's got your attention. Do you think I'm that stupid? I said, I wish we could cry out to God like that baby's crying. If we get hungry enough, if we won't rest enough, huh? Yeah. I'm done. I want to tell you this today is is maybe as discombobulated as it may have been. I know this is my heart. I want to see sons and daughters brought back to life. Tyler, the way that's got to happen is we've got to take them out of the bosom of Jezebel. I'll tell you this, culture will raise your child. If there's ever been a time to where we need to pray for teachers in our school systems, do you know there's some really cool stuff that's going on? Do you know that right here in the state of Kentucky, bills are being passed, talked about, and being put in place? That guess what? I don't believe it's right that a child less than what I don't believe it's right for any child and or any person to be able to have a sex change or anything else period, but much less without mama and daddy's consent. I don't believe that's right, nor would it ever be right. But I will tell you this. You put your your child in the hands of culture, and they'll raise them, and they'll raise them in culture. When Jake, I'll share this. When Jake was born, When he come out, I, you know, I was, I was boy, we were excited. And, and Amy said, make sure you take a little picture of him. And I was had my camera ready, and I think I took one flash. And, and, and real quick, you remember this, Amy? I was in that room there and, and, or something, and, and, and the doctor said, stop. I said, what's wrong? He said, he's not breathing. I watched. And I backed up, and we let them work. Just a short moment, there was a cry came forth, and that boy started breathing. We need people. In the waiting in the delivering rooms, the delivery rooms of our life that know how to get people breathing again. I believe that was God that day. I believe it was Him. Today I want to tell you this, is that I want to see the soul of God brought back to the United States of America. I want to see the breath of prophets and prophetesses that will speak truth. And declare that our God is still saving people. He's still healing people. He's still delivering people. I won't be there for that. Matter of fact, I am here for that. Today you may be in a place that you say, you know what, I'm a whole lot more wrapped up in other things than I am in him. You Probably don't be that honest right now before we bow our heads and close our eyes. But those familiar spirits that are always there, it's time to get free. You know what I'm talking about. There's a spirit to alcohol. There's a spirit to pornography. There's a spirit to those things. I'm talking to young and old alike. I want to see Jesus destroy the works of the devil today. Come on, pray with me. Stand to your feet if you could. Stand to your feet if you could. Oh, Lord, move. Oh, Lord, move. Oh, Lord, move. A few weeks back, I watched, and the whole church, seemingly the whole church, it was more than a fainted few that came, but the whole church came. And we were together in one mind and in one accord. And we prayed, and we believed God for miracles, and miracles followed. People are still getting saved. They got saved last week. People get saved, Right. But it's when we come together in that unity that not only does God love, but the enemy despises. Today, I'm going to invite first, I want to invite first those that just simply believe in the power of prayer and that'll simply say, God, use me. Use me to bring life back to those souls that have lost lost their way lost their vision I'm going to invite you first will you come all the way in the back I see you and I'm not there to point you out but this Jezebel culture we got to pray that it will stop are there more what if I ask you I know you want to pray for your child but would you all pray for my kids would you all pray for my grandkids I think there's more I'm going to give you a chance I'm going to give you an opportunity to come pray what if I told you their lives depended upon it the word of God said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much I was sent that by a text yesterday and I thought they don't even know where I've been prayer changes things If you're here today and things ain't right, let's make it right. Let's make it right. This is the Father's bringing life back to them. It'll bring it back to you. Say, Pastor, it looks like the altar's full. Well, I'll tell you something. If God was calling me to pray, there ain't nothing. I'd fill the aisle. I'd do whatever. But let's pray today for a nation,
0: these kids.
1: Heavenly Father, right now, Lord, as we come before you, God, today, I just, as we had said, Mom ain't what we thought she was. God, today, maybe there's people in this house, God, that those familiar spirits need to be broken, whether it's the spirit of religion, whatever that it may be, God, break it in Jesus' name. Would you please pray at the altar? Please intercede. Would you please do that? Would you please Would you please just kneel in the gap right now? Would you please? Would you please? I believe there's souls. I believe there's souls today that need to be added. I believe there's lives today that need to realize destiny. Hey, listen, really, nobody's looking around. These folks are praying. Don't start your car yet. I know you're thinking about it, but could you just stop right now? here right now and you said you know what preacher things ain't right I'm doing some right things I've started reading my Bible I've started praying but I still there's one I just I've got to give my life to Him see all those things can be familiar spirits but today right now this very moment are you ready? Could you do this? People, you're interceding, you're praying. Say, you know what, preacher? Remember me. Things are not right, but I want them to be right. Would you slip your hand up right now? Nobody's really looking around. Would you slip your hand up? Would you say, pray for me? Pray for me. I need him. I need him. I need him. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Is today the day? You may be at this altar praying, and it may be your day. As you're praying, Jake's going to do the chorus of an old song called Paid in Full. Paid in Full, I want you to know that it's Jesus plus nothing. That you come, you give your life to him, he'll pay for your sins. He'll set you free. Come on, Jake.
3: seen that with me. And I know it's not much, but I'm nothing else but for a king, except for a heart singing Alleluia,
4: Alleluia. Come on, won't you speak to your soul today?
3: Don't you get shy on me, lift up your soul cause you got a lion on inside of those arms Get up and praise the Lord to so come on my soul. Don't you get shy on me, lift up your soul, cause you got Shine on me, lift of yours. and He's a.
1: Continue pedal softly here. I want these folks to continue pray, continue to pray just as long as they want. I want you to hang around here. Jake's going to tell you what's what we're going to do over there. I'm going to hang out over here for a while. And if you need prayer, listen to me. I need to tell you this. I feel like it's important. If you're here today, and, and I'm going to stay here for a little bit, and. But if you've never given your life to me, I can't do it for you, but I'll sure pray with you. I feel impressed to do that. And before you leave this place, if, if you don't know him, don't you come up. We'll spend some time together. I'll share the word of God with you, and we'll believe for great things jake just go ahead and tell them yeah, how you amen. want to do that
4: uh I, as dad said earlier uh it's not like you got to pay to eat with us if you don't have anything come eat it's a free meal but if you got five dollars fifty dollars whatever it is there'll be a little box you can put that in but don't feel like you got to pay for your plate uh we'll have a little pie auction dessert auction at the end but more than anything just come over with us eat spend time together uh, this will be to help our students that are competing next week at a uh, regional student convention. It's a pretty big deal for them and it costs quite a bit to go. We wanted them to be able to have something they can, uh, use to raise some funds to help with that. So we appreciate you guys. If, if you can't stay, we understand that. Just come say, Hey, and leave. That's okay. But if I could, before dad closes in prayer, if I can have all those that are going to convention, come over here to the doors, we'll go on over and get ready. Uh, to uh, to serve people yeah if uh, if this was your first time at potter's hope this morning could you raise your hand we want to welcome you we've got something for you up here all right no visitors today we'll have to get busy all right brother wayne's gonna close us in prayer we'll see you over there so lord today we do ask that you
1: bless that meal but even more importantly, bless that time of fellowship god we love you and we praise you and father i know I know today that the enemy is defeated, and God, I pray today that we would leave this place victorious in you. God, for that soul that's lingering or holding back, I pray, God, just as we've seen you do last week, somebody getting saved after the service. God, today, draw them. Draw them. Do what you do. We love you, Lord. You're awesome. It's in your name, Jesus. Amen and amen. If you could still just just leave this house, just attend it unto him. Uh, Please go right on over to you. Follow Jake and him out that door and go over and spend some time. There's all kinds of food over there. God bless you. I'll be up here if you need to pray. Be glad to. Be glad to.
0: Hey, everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King.